Hey, and welcome to the Mountain Cat Guitars podcast, where we discuss all things guitar-related. My name is Doug Meyer, owner of Mountain Cat Guitars, and I've been buying and selling guitars professionally for over 25 years. From boutique guitar and amp builders, vintage guitar dealers and experts, guitar repairmen and luthiers, retailers, manufacturers, and of course, guitar players, we talk to the people who buy, sell, play, and of course, obsess over the things we love most, guitars. Hi, this is Doug Meyer, and welcome to the Matin Cat Guitars Podcast, episode number 17. We are at the Guitar Shop NYC in Sunset Park, Brooklyn, with Masahino, who is a legendary New York City luthier and guitar builder and guitar repair guy, and partner in the Guitar Shop NYC, and we're super happy to be here. And hello, Mas. Hello. How are you today? Good. So, why don't we start right at the beginning? Okay. You were born... In the States, or you were born... I was born in Japan, Tokyo, right. Japan, right. in 1966, March 21st. And you grew up in Japan or grew up here? Um, most of I grew up here because I was in Japan till I was like eight and a half. And then so came to the States? Then, when I was nine, I came to States in 1975. Where in the States? Uh, New York. Oh, you came right here? Yes. To the city? To the city. First, we... We lived in Douglas and, and Queens. Queens. Right. Yeah, for two years. Then we moved to uh, um, the Manhattan. Oh, wow. So yeah. you grew up in the city. Yeah, 82nd West End there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. You don't meet that many native New Yorkers. Yeah. Well, you do. They don't live here anymore. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Know? Everyone here came from someplace else. Yes. You know, mostly. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's cool. So you grew up in New York City from the time you yes. you lived here. Mm-hmm. And your father was a musician. Yes, that, that's the reason why we came to the States. Right. My father was already a famous uh, trumpet player in Japan. Right. He didn't have anywhere to grow up to, so he decided to come to New York where all the jazz musicians are here. Um, and that would have been the early 70s? Then? 75. Right, it must have been popping. 75, yes. <laughs> you know, like Miles Davis mm-hmm. was here. You know, yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> he got to know Miles, and he was friends with Miles. Wow. So, yeah. That's heavy. Yeah, that... Like the '70s for New York, like was the shit as far as recording music and jazz, especially. Yeah, exactly. Just hopping here, and there was so many places to play. For and jazz, the studios were here. Jazz musicians, you know. Yeah. Wow, it must have been awesome. Yes. <laughs> oh, do you, did you go with him to these? Yeah, I, 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 because um, we had, we went to like this place called Barbers a lot, but it would be like three in the morning, so we we would be me and my brother would be sleeping. Right on the right. side stage <laughs> yeah. or whatever, and then after my dad's gig, we used to go to Chinatown and go to this place called Hop Key, and it's like three a.m. It's like can, can we go? And <laughs> so that's where I I got to eat, eat um, like um, spare ribs and pecky duck, you know and, the right. yeah, all that <laughs> stuff. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. <laughs> and were you, when did you start playing guitar? I started playing bass, bass. actually. I started your bass player. First, I, I learned drums when I was like nine years old. Oh, so you and, already did it. Yeah, but I hated drums. <laughs> There's no melody. Right. And I wasn't into the fuck, just wasn't into it. Right. So, but people seem to be born of one instrument or another. Yeah, drummers yeah. are drummers. Yeah, drummers are I mean, drummers. You mean to like a certain guy, you can tell they're a drummer. <laughs> and a bass player is a different person mm-hmm. than a guitar player. Yeah. You know, sometimes they're the same. Some guys play both. Yeah. But a drummer's a whole other different animal. Exactly. Like, like a singer's a different animal. My hand and leg, con- like, uh, what do you call it? Um, coordination. Coordination was bad. 
Right. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> not going to work out for drums. <laughs> yeah, so. Do you play bass originally? Yeah, bass originally because uh, first, when John Lennon died in 1980, uh, I wanted to, you know, start making music. So I said, Dad, I want I want to get piano or guitar. But then my brother, my little brother, was like, Wow, play bass, play bass, because he wanted to play the bass. <laughs> so, but my dad said, Oh, but if you're a character, maybe bass might be better, <laughs> because I wasn't really show off. Right. Like my brother was a show off. Right. That's guitar. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, that's what happened. So I got my bass, but but. I, I, w- I was going to uh, a place called Music and Art on 137th in Convent. High school. Yeah, high school. Right. Uptown in Harlem. Right. And I was an um, art major. So uh, I was doing that. When I was doing the art, my brother was stealing my bass and just <laughs> playing the bass. And then he got better at it, right? Yeah, <laughs> he got better at it. And <laughs> oh, shit. He, he was actually a trumpet major. Oh, wow. Yeah, and and he got so good on bass that my dad said, I think you should change yeah, your the bass. <laughs> you know, um, in music and art, you, you couldn't do a guitar. Right. Guitar player had to play either upright bass or violin. Wow. Yeah, that's how it was. But right. bass player always ha- had to the play bass, the upright. Right. So... My dad went to uh, um, the school, LaGuardia High School, LaGuardia Music and Art, and let him change it. But then, yeah, but I was playing bass too, you know, and I thought, but then, after a while, I got into music, uh, I started working at Rudy's. Well, that was the next question, right? You started working there before you were doing repairs, or you were doing repairs already? No, I was. I mean, I was doing repairs for my friends. Right. This is in high school, you know. Right. I was. Like, That's just, that was the next question. Like, how did you start repairing the things? Like, just some people have that thing where they'll just start taking the things apart. And yeah. To say they work or. Try when, to whenever those. I used to go to Forty uh, Eighth Street, like every weekend, me and my brother and my friends would go. Hours. I did the same thing. Stand outside, we buy guitars like this. Exactly, exactly. Like yeah, yeah, fingerprints yeah, yeah. on his window. Wow. Yeah, Richie Freeman, throw you out. Yeah. <laughs> like, get out of here. Every kid yeah. did that around yeah. here. We used to take the bus in from where mm-hmm. I lived, like, you know, an hour away, and just walk on 40th Street and look in the windows until they threw us, like, we the street. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> we weren't even in the store. We are in the outside. <laughs> they were like, get the fuck out of here. And like, they used mm-hmm. to be, a, like, a free paper, you know, for musicians. The no, it was just on the street. So, and it wasn't Village Voice. It was some kind of free paper on 48. Yeah, there were a couple of those, right? Yeah, and there was one guy who explained all these repair things. <laughs> so I, I started reading it. And I started reading it. And I would get my friend's guitar and mess with it. <laughs> and sometimes it won't work. It won't work. Sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> of course, you know. So that's... I started doing it, and then when I heard Jaco Pastorius for the first time, I took my that bass over there. Out. Yeah, took the frets out. <laughs> I was playing it. I brought it to Forty Eighth Street to like show off or whatever. Then someone said, "You should fill in those frets," right, you know, because I I left it, you know. So one one Japanese guy says, "You know what Jaco did, right?" 
said plastic wood. He put right. So I went next day. I went <laughs> to the hardware store, got all these. Uh, um, is it DAP? I think it was. Right. That's yeah. Dap, right. Yeah. I filled it in. <laughs> but then next day or next month or so, I read in Japanese uh, Swing Journal magazine, which we used to get all the time because of my dad. Right. Um, there was a Jocko's interview. And he said he put bolt epoxy on it. Right. So I went and so I got a Dubcon <laughs> two-ton epoxy. Just wiped that shit on it. It took me almost like two weeks to, you know. To it, yeah. Yeah, sand, sand it flat and so it won't buzz. Right. But after that, I could slap. Yeah, you could Everybody's all these stuff. Everybody's that at that point. Yeah, at that point. Everyone wanted everything. Over yeah. Day. You know, like, everyone was doing that shit. Exactly. You know. And so you wound up getting a job at, how old were you when you started at Rudy's? 18. Oh, shit. Yeah. And, but you weren't really doing repairs for him? You were doing what? No, because at the time, I used to go get, like, um, bone nuts and stuff, but one guy, I don't know if I should say his name, he's, <laughs> he's really a good friend of mine now, but anyway, <laughs> he, he said, he said, well, you, you gotta get it cut by our guys, or I can't sell you the bone nut. I said, come on, but I want to just I want to cut by myself, you know. So Rudy comes, says, "Come on, come on, Michael, just sell him the fucking nuts." <laughs> I've seen this guy for years, you know, buying all these little things. Right. Obviously, he's doing something. So I got the bone nut. I cut myself a bone nut, and it worked, of course, you know. Right. Yeah, it was it was pretty easy for me. But then Rudy knew me as that I'm doing something at home. So he goes, one day, he's like, come here, come, come. He took me in the back where no one could see us. Yeah. He shuts the door, says, do you want to work here? Uh, John Sir needs helper right now because someone left. Wow. You know, his helper left. So do you want to apprentice? I'm like, hell yeah. I said, <laughs> yes, but I have this other job uh, I have to give a two weeks notice. He goes, even better. You even say that? That right, you need to. Right, yeah, yeah. He, he thought I was really humble and. Right. Not, yeah, because there were so many people who would just leave. Just leave, yeah. After two days or something. Right. You knew you were getting Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> and I meet John Sar. He's like, good. <laughs> then, I'll see you in two weeks. So, what year was that? Uh, 85 or something. Wow. So, yeah. you were. On- you were on 40th Street in the mid 80s. That was when yeah, exactly. Back there too, and I remember that was like, like spot still in the mid 80s. And 40th Street was still 48th Street. Yeah, Lesbo Junior was only two hundred dollars. You see those pictures? You're like like sixties three three five was five fifty. Yeah, yeah, like a fifties S square is eight hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Like fifty nine Les Paul was only twenty five grand or something. Probably yeah, probably not even yet. No, 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 two thousand five hundred. Probably right. Yeah, it wasn't that much. Yeah, you get those like those are. A place in Jersey called Guitar Trader mm-hmm. that sent out a newsletter every month mm-hmm. with the prices. Wow! And a friend of mine gave me a shitload, and they're from the mid '80s. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like an Explorer, three grand. Right, right. You know, right, gives right. an Explorer like whoa. You know, like, <laughs> you know, fifty Strat, twelve fifty. You know, right. <laughs> but you know, it was always expensive with Gretsch sixty one twenties. With the most expensive guitars back then, they were two grand. You know, they were more mm-hmm. ex- like almost a, like almost as, like an Explorer. You know, like Gretsch sixty one twenties were always expensive. I don't know why. Maybe because... Because they're so cool. 
I don't think Oso. Well, also, a I think that because they're New York made and they have a pride. Like we're but better than Kalamazoo. You have to have a six or, Yeah, you know, like you can't mm-hmm. use any other guitar. It's yeah. got to be that. And then Brian Setzer came out. That mm-hmm. was the eighties, still. Yeah, it was almost like he I used to work on his guitar. So right. Well, that we'll get to all that because right. <laughs> um, also there was not many people who could fix scratches at the time. Right. No because, one could fix a scratch because um, uh, Sadowski won't take Gretsch or Rickenbacker. I can see that because they're hard to work on. Yeah, yeah. it takes time to they're work weird. on. Yeah, so that's um, why no one bought brushes. We could have even bought them when we were young. They never mm-hmm. stayed in tune. Yeah, well, they did bizarre things because no one had to work on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you like even if you bought one, I had them when I was younger. Mm-hmm. You couldn't get them to work right. Right, exactly. everything with the the pole pieces would fall out of the pickups like weird shit. Like they did, they always needed fret jobs because mm-hmm. they needed a fret job and they were made exactly. You know, the fret's weren't and they needed neck sets kind of. Yeah, you know, so like if you're lucky. You get right, one. so someone like Brian Setzer could go get mm-hmm. all that done yeah. by a Gretsch and have it. Mm-hmm. It was like it's like buying a car; you have to have all that stuff fixed mm-hmm. if you want to use it in any kind of like professional setting where it yeah. would stay in tune. You know, like movable bridges, you know. Like. They, they moved the frets. Yeah. Some of them yeah. for the bar, you know, um, uh, bridges. Yeah. So it's just moving all over the place while you're playing yeah. it. It's going crazy attitude, and you're like, you have to get all that shit taken care of, like. If you're gonna like use that guitar, yeah. But yeah, back then especially, no one could fix that. No. So if, like, if you guys are doing Gretchen's, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Then because that's like you know, like the 48th Street, where we used to go there as kids, and you would see famous people going back and forth because that was the only place where you could find a guy who could actually fix your guitar, right? You know, like in your little town, probably that guy couldn't do any Gretsch. Mm-hmm. He could probably set up a guitar. Maybe he could do it. He's not a strat at best. But we used to buy guitars when we were kids, and you would buy them, and they wouldn't stay in tune. Right. And you bring them to the guitar shop, and they would. So you knew tuners. Mm-hmm. You put the bond. They still went out of tune. You sell it. Yeah. One of the reasons I think is because it had zero fret. Yeah. And after a while, zero fret gets worn. It gets stuck in the zero fret. Right. You so, hear? It. Click, yeah. Click, so click. you you have to you have to round them off. You know, right. after time goes. It was a weird thing. The yeah. zero fret. How did mm-hmm. that even get started? Zero frets. I have no idea. I think it was easier for people to make. Right. Because cutting nuts was very hard for people. Right. Probably more time consuming. Yeah. Right. So just rest on them right. might be better. Yeah, it's actually, I mean, it's a good idea. But after a while, if the, the fret is worn, it's going to go it's sharper. It's a mess, right? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot closer to the first fret than it was before. Yeah, it's weird because in, so, in the 80s, those guitars have been around a long time. You couldn't get guys to work on them. <laughs> like when I moved here, then there was 48th Street, like right. you know, and then they were real guys. Mm-hmm. But probably in the rest of the country, there weren't. Yeah, because also sometimes if, if it was if it wasn't the same frets, it would be a lot higher and everything sharp. Right. So that's one of the reasons. Too. Wow, so 48th Street in the mid 80s must have been nuts. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. That's when like Ibanez was just about booming. Right. All the Japanese was 48th stuff Street was custom there yet. No, not yet. It came late, not, right? Yeah, a lot late. Like, 91? Right, that's when I moved to New York. Yeah. Because when I moved to New York, it was already there, but I didn't realize oh. it was brand new. Oh. I moved to New York, I think, in 90. Yeah. I knew most of the guys at ESP. Yeah, those so, were all cool people. Yeah. That was a great shop. Mm-hmm. That was a great shop, but they couldn't get orders. Right. <laughs> yeah, they had ESP stuff. They had a great repair guy. Yeah. Hitoshi. Yeah. My friend, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was amazing. I had him, like, do a bunch of work with something. But he, he doesn't work on guitars anymore. When no. I met him in Japan, he was just a sales guy. 
He's great. Yeah. You know, like, that was a great shop. I always thought mm-hmm. it was like that was like the most underrated shop of yeah. the years. No one really talked about that one. All those ESP strats, mm-hmm. like before people realized how good they were. Mm-hmm. You know, like at the time, those were probably better than Fenders. Yeah. You know, but no one wanted them because they said ESP. Yeah. No one exactly. just stood Fernandez and all that <laughs> stuff. And they were amazing guitars. You know, everyone just wanted Fenders, and like the Fenders from the seventies or early eighties were garbage anyway. But everyone wanted to say Fender. You know, yeah. like, but for, so what was on Forty Eighth? If Forty Street Custom wasn't there, there it was Rudy's, um, we buy Silver stuff. Holland. I just love uh, Silver Holland. Right? Me too. <laughs> the, the, we that, sell, that, that's old. where uh, Carlo Greco worked. Right upstairs. So I used to go there. Right. And uh, um, who else? Um, well, Sam Ash had to have been there. Sam Ash is there. And Manny's, um, Manny's there. of course. And Stuyvesant. Right. You know, where they made those guitars. You know, the Flying um, uh, Explorer. Right. Someone was there making it. Right. I forgot whose name it was, but yeah. Yeah, so I first started going to 40HD like, when I was in high school, like in the early 80s. <laughs> but I moved to New York at like 90, I think. Mm. So like... You'd go up there all the time. And then there's Menu and downtown. There's a couple other guitar shops. Yeah. And the Chelsea guitar is ultimately right. what I ended up working at. But like but for a long time it was just forty eight street that I exactly. knew of. Like Newman Office was always there. Yeah. But we didn't venture that far downtown. No. We used to take the bus <laughs> to the Port Authority mm-hmm. and you could walk right to the forty eight street and then go back to the, you know, I live, you know, upstate where I, where I live now. Mm-hmm. You know? So we'd come to the city, we didn't care about anything in the city except forty eight street. Me too. We just go to forty eight street and go home. <laughs> You give a like, shit about the Statue of Liberty or anything like that. Like Chelsea Guitars, I've been there maybe twice in my life. <laughs> yeah, I, I lived in that place. but I never had to go around there, so... Right. Yeah, that yeah. was like the spot. We all worked there. You know, mm-hmm. like we all... You know, but I only found Chelsea Guitars because I bought a guitar from uh, from Richie Freeman on 48th mm-hmm. Street, and then there was like a little problem with it. It was making a weird rattle, and I didn't feel like bringing it back to him, like... It felt weird because it gave me a really good deal. So I just looked in the phone book. Mm-hmm. I found Chelsea because I was, I was like, I said repair. So I was like, oh, I'll go there. <laughs> and I met the guy who owned the place and became friends. And then I went up working there for like 15 years or whatever. But, you know, like, cool. <laughs> you know, however, these things, you know, all these things were entwined. Because if I didn't work at Chelsea and then Cobra worked at Chelsea, right. who was now partners with you mm-hmm. and Eric, all these things come full circle. But but the guitar community in New York has always been a small little world, mm-hmm. by the way. Most people know everybody. Right. Yeah. You know, like, you know, so because I knew who you were, I think even before I moved to New York, because mm. I think I read it in Guitar Player magazine. Yeah. Someone had mentioned your name, Mark Knopfler, or something like yeah. that. So I already knew who you were mm-hmm. before I got to New York, because they had mentioned. You know, there weren't that many texts, and somebody had right. mentioned. I remember reading some magazine, seeing your name, mm. and they going to Ruse and going, "Oh shit, that's that guy." You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Back then, it was like that. It was like it was, yeah. there was no internet. Yeah, exactly. You, know, you saw that's someone you right. read about in a guitar mm-hmm. magazine. I remember, like, you'd go to Forty Street, you would see a guy like Mark Knopfler come out of Ruse and be like, "Whoa." Mm-hmm. You know, that's very dark like it's no shit. You know, like those guys would go to 48th Street. Well, Lee, you'd see all those cats. Mm-hmm. Like that's where they went. You know, Hendrix bought his guitars on 48th Street. Right. There wasn't many other spots. So like that was like the center of the guitar world for a long time. Oh, for because you could go there and do everything. It was everything, and everyone like they, like not Sam just and Manny's were right across the street from each other. Yeah, not know? just guitars, but brass, all the repairs, all the stuff. repairs was there. Yeah. Yeah, accordion stuff uh, yeah. was, uh, um, you know, um, what's his name? You know, um, Alex. Right. Yeah, Alex. And they made some basses too. Yeah. Alex Axe. Exactly. Yeah. That's right, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> With those round, round pickups. Right, we used to go to Manny's and like, mm. I never realized back then, I didn't find out so recently that the Manny's like that Hendrix went to wasn't that Manny's. It's actually oh. across the street. Oh, it was that's a smaller the first one. Yeah, yeah. Right, they, I never knew there they, was a first one. They 
they kick them out, but then they get the hundred-year uh, lease or right, whatever. So street. Free, yeah. Yeah, I remember talking to Night Bob and him going, oh, no, that's not yeah. the same place. It's R- a small Rockefeller. And he sent me a picture of it. it was like, Rockefeller right. said, you guys got to move. We, we have to make these big buildings, so can you move? Right. We'll give you hundred years or whatever. Right, I never knew yeah. there was another man. He's naturally where hundred years are. Yeah. Like, you know, roughly the same place, but it was mm-hmm. smaller. Right. It looked like it was on the other side of the street. Mm-hmm. You know, like... But yeah, it was so exciting to be on that block at that time, especially when you're a kid. Yeah. And to work there. I mean, how old were you when you started working? You were 19, 18. 18 yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And you were some freaking out. <laughs> yeah. So you did all this John Source stuff. John Source, uh, they had a, already um, have a name for a brand. It was called Pencil Sir. Right. Well, those yeah. were a big deal already because yeah. Mark Knopfler was playing those. Exactly. Guitars, you know, like, mm-hmm. a lot of cats were. But first, we were sector shop. Right. So. John was making all the sectors for. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, all the real famous people like Loeffler sectors. Oh, I've heard Townsend had sector guitars. Yeah, well, all Pete Townsend bought one of the sectors we built. Right. And uh, yeah, I remember getting those catalogs. We were young. This but it was the first catalog like stuff. On albums, it says courtesy of sector. Right. We wouldn't get any cut. <laughs> so, <laughs> and Rudy said we gotta change the name so they know who who we is are, making. Right? The real stuff is right. So they said, "Okay, make the Pensa and the Sir," and he right. became Pensa Sir. Right. So I remember reading about all that stuff mm-hmm. and more confident. He was like the guitar mm-hmm. guy for it for yeah. a long time. Like mm-hmm. he was like you know on every magazine. So he right. was always a guitar player magazine. Mm-hmm. And he was the first guy you saw playing those, and a lot of other guys started playing mm-hmm. those. Those were like the first really boutique kind of strat. Exactly. I mean, they were Dan early one guitars. Mm-hmm. They were other things, but those were the first ones that were like yeah, yeah. master Yeah, you guys must have sold shillings. Yeah. And we used to get the bodies and necks. We used to have the sect of, you know, places that you could choose. Oh, the you can come in and pick a neck and a body yeah. and pick a few guys and put yeah. them together. We were like the ESP kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Wow. I yeah. didn't realize that. That was yeah, all happening with Rudy. Yes. That's wild. Like, like Keith Richards' six-way bridge. We put it on. Is that right? Yeah. But th- that's a sect of parts. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Because I just read about that the other day. Cause yeah. I reading some article on that guitar. And they were like, oh, you're in the 80s. You put this bridge on. Yeah. You know, like, you guys exactly. did that? I did that. Wow. We did that. And also, I got to work on um, Mick Jagger's SG. Wow. That, that's in the live at whatever. Yeah, yeah. like 81 tour. Yeah, 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 that one. Because when I was a kid, we saw that mm-hmm. tour a lot. John, John was like, okay, Mosh, you can work on this. And we got a um, few uh, Zemitis. Wow. With all the sh- stuff coming off. So, um, yeah, John had to epoxy yeah. stuff. And had to do all the front work. The front work wasn't too good. So no, well, there, well, I remember going to Rudy's and they had all the Japanese semitises. Oh, were, those are Greco's. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Those came later. Way later. Yeah. yeah. I remember walking in and going like, whoa, semitises. Well, that's when I was in mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm going like, what are these things? <laughs> I, like, I, I thought it was some guy in England who made them. Like, oh, no, these no, are made in Japan. Those were actually pretty better. Way better. I bought Way two better. of them. I yeah. used them on tour forever. <laughs> cool. But I remember I was working at Chelsea right at the time. Mm-hmm. And... Les had a real Zemitis mm-hmm. that I kind of wanted. It was way more mm-hmm. than I had. But he's like, just go buy one of those ones at Rudy's. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's a way better car. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it actually plays. You know, like, yeah. a lot of people have problems with the real Zemitis. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You repaired a lot of them. Yeah. But bridges in the wrong place mm-hmm. kind of things, you know, won't mm-hmm. intonate quite properly. You mm-hmm. know, you know, like Rod Stewart's 12 string from what I gathered a friend who used to have to work on that. And it was like, oh. kind of, you know, 12 strings mm-hmm. always have problems, but it yeah. was doing that thing. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, like, but uh, yeah, like the Zemitis were. You know, when you grew up and watched, you know, Ronnie Wood and James Honeyman Scott and all those people, mm-hmm. you wanted as a Midas, of course. Right. You know, but those 
But the Greco ones were really, like, actually good really guitars. Good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I still have mine. I bought two of them back there. I toured with them. I did all kinds of shit. I kept one and sold the other one. But I still have it. It's a great guitar. Great. You know. But yeah, he always had cool shit. You know, Ruby's always had cool shit. Mm-hmm. You know, like, but that was one of those shops you're always like, kind of like when you're switching when you're young, you're like, yeah. kind of intimidated to go in because you couldn't buy anything. Yeah. <laughs> Before I worked there, yeah. I'll be like, can I try that? Well, yeah, I knew we Everybody was like, like no. oh, are you gonna you gonna buy today? Yeah, <laughs> that was like the forty inch line. It's so today? mean, like you know, like are you gonna buy this today? I'm like, oh, yeah. no. I still <laughs> have that vibe though. I know. So I'm, you like, just... <laughs> I'm not gonna let you play because you're like good enough for. Yeah, that was brutal. Or they would just be like, get out of here. Mm-hmm. Come back when you have a job. Like, we would be like 15. They'd be like, get out. But they weren't, they didn't have time to fuck with, around with you. They had to make money. Yeah, exactly. They weren't playing games. Like, they'd be like, get the fuck out of here. Do you have a credit card or anything? No, they'd go. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> we'd be like, wow, these people are really mean. <laughs> but it, they weren't playing around kids. They weren't exactly. having it. I was always upstairs, so I didn't have to deal with a lot of customers. Yeah, like, like but, we buy guitars was super intimidating because, like, they weren't going to let you try those. They, they had the glass thing. They weren't going to let you play those guitars. But, like, you know, it was re- half my friends were those people now. Mm-hmm. You know, now I because <laughs> we're my friends. Like, <laughs> my friend Dennis Kelly was one of those people. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, he was there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was here last weekend. Exactly. But he was one of the guys on 48th. He pulled Lino and all those cats, you know, yeah. and Richie Freeman, of course, the nicest mm-hmm. guy in the world. But, you know, like, but they weren't particularly nice to us when we were little no. kids. They were just like, get out of here. I got to take money. Yeah. Because <laughs> every, every, at that time, everyone wants to try to steal something, right? So you got to always think, someone comes in. They turn us something. Right. And Rudy goes, watch out for him. Yeah. Well, what happened to Chelsea? For this yeah, there was something like a keep, rash you know, of that. Like, keep an eye on this keep, cat. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, you know, like, you that's know. what sucks. You didn't realize that when you were a kid that that was what was going yeah. on. It's like, there's just very high theft rate. <laughs> oh, for my first day at Chelsea Guitars, let's go, like, look, if they come in and, you know, they rob the place, just let them tie you up in the back. We'll, we'll find you later. I was like, yeah. really? He's like, yeah, they probably won't shoot you. Like, like you like, know, like, like uh, okay. <laughs> Dean, you know, everybody's, he used to get his sneakers stolen while he's going out to lunch. <laughs> On 42nd 8th Avenue or something, he was there. And two guys grabbed him. <laughs> he, came, he came back with just socks. <laughs> so he was like, what happened to you? What happened to you? If you were real, I moved to New York, it was dangerous. Yeah. It's not like it is you now. You couldn't wear Adidas. Because it was terrifying, they, yeah. I you couldn't go on the subway. <laughs> Ever. You'd be killed. <laughs> like, I moved to the city when it was at its worst. You know, like, it was yeah, terrible. Right. Yeah. You know, like, it was awful, you know, like, and I was young, and it wasn't terribly <laughs> easy to scare. It was horrifying. That, you would, that, that's why you made you strong. Yeah, I guess. You know? You know, that's why when I got my job at Chelsea, and Les was like, look, you know, if they come in to rob the place, you know, just, they'll probably just tie you up, and they probably won't shoot you. Mm-hmm. I was like, probably? He's like, oh, they haven't shot anybody yet. I was like, all right, cool. So, like, half the time you're worried, you know, someone's going to come through the door to cut. It happened at the, we were in the Chelsea Hotel, it happened at the hotel, they would, it got held up by gunpoint a few times. Wow. So it wasn't improbable that this mm. would happen. Yeah. Like, he was just like, I don't fight with them. You know, yeah. like, you know just you know, let them tie you up. We'll probably find you later. But there were so many people who come with their cards, stolen cards. And at that time, we had to always call in. Remember that? You know, oh, call in. <laughs> yeah, and sit, to, sit on a hold. <laughs> this guy wants to leave. Oh, that was the worst. And, but then... You could tell it's because they want, I want, uh, can I get this, this, you want to try it? Oh, no, it's okay. Yeah, I'll try it. So, and we're just, um, 
Does he go, that's a stolen car, please cut in front of them. Yeah. So, I think you'd be like, uh, Dean. Yeah. You hit all the scissors. <laughs> big scissors. Yeah. I would be like, blink. Yeah. And they would like leave. Because <gasps> they yeah, would people remember shit like that. It's like a crazy world. Yeah, it was totally yeah. different. Like than credit cards with these stupid yeah. machines. You get caught. You're like, I know, oh, you get caught. Exactly. <laughs> that was the worst. Ah, I got to do another oh, one. It's cool that Chelsea Guitars, that we didn't take credit cards. Oh, all, really? All money. Because they were two owners. So Ooh. it would have been, and they didn't get along. <coughs> they, they, they cut the store in half. So it would have been too complicated to have two yeah. credit card machines in there. So there were no credit cards for years. Eventually you couldn't mm. do it anymore. Right. But, and we couldn't take a check really either. It was mostly just money. Oh, really? Yeah, because where did the check go? You know, so like mo- that made it easier. You didn't have as much mm. of the credit card nonsense as you had later. Mm. You know, but then, of course, you had to take a credit card at a certain right. point because you're just like, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I gotta take a credit card. Yeah, no one has cash like that. It was well, around fifteen thousand dollars cash randomly. We would send people to the bank. It'd be like Tom Petty, and you'd be like, uh, "We don't take credit cards." <laughs> you'd be like, "Really?" You'd be like, "Yeah, go to the bank." And a lot of it was international, so it was New York City. Mm-hmm. So they would have to go to the bank and wire back to like Germany oh. and try to get money. People usually got it done because they wanted the guitar, mm-hmm. but it was like it's not like it is now. Like right. they would have to go to their bank. Mm-hmm. And have a wire set, mm-hmm. you know. Hopefully, get it the same day or the next day, and then come to you with all this cash. Shit. You know, you didn't have to count it all. Then it's already sold or something. Right? Yeah, you would just, you know, it was. We were so used to it. We'd mm-hmm. be like, go to your bank, though. You know, mm-hmm. th- you could wire back to your country. You can do this, and people would do it. You'd be like, oh yeah, because we, we were so accustomed to it. Mm-hmm. But like, they don't realize there was a time before credit cards. There was, mm-hmm. there was no PayPal. There was no computer. You know, there's none of this. You know, like it was a, pr- you know, like I can't imagine what Forty Eighth Street was like. like Hey, ran a store like Rudy's, like with those credit card, like the stupid credit card machine, like all these pieces of paper you would have, you know, like <laughs> crazy. So, so how many years did you work at Rudy's? Uh, from eighty-five to two thousand. Oh, so fifteen years. Yes, yeah, as long as I worked at Chelsea. Yeah, so that's a long time. I mean, you did repairs the whole time, mostly. Or you repairs moved to made the pencils. After maybe two years, they let me, you know, build one. Right. <laughs> but the bodies and necks were coming from somewhere else. Yeah. Um, you there's no cut oh, Tom Anderson. Right. Was that right? Parts, everyone was using, they were the only place, either right. Warmoth or Tom Anderson right. parts. So all the famous people's guitars, like uh, Kramer, right. all Tom Anderson parts. Is that right? Yep. I didn't like know Eddie that. Van Halen's and all the, all the artists. I didn't know. I didn't all know. Tom Anderson parts. Because everything was like that back yeah. then. Like you just had to know the guy mm-hmm. who knew the guy right. to get the stuff from. Mm-hmm. Like, and it was hard. And it was Tom like, Anderson got his machine from Schechter <laughs> because he was the guy who was cutting the bodies for Schechter. for Schechter. And then he left and made time. Yeah, yeah, right. That's why the pickups looks the same. Right. There was a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because it's not like it was now, where you could just go to a store and buy a tele pickup. Mm-hmm. You'd have to call Fender or something. Yeah, like, exactly. Then there were Duncans. Mm. That all came, but you had to call the company most of the time. Yeah, most of the time. You know, like yeah. it wasn't was as no, easy as it where a guitar no shop had guys. or parts even. Mm-hmm. You know, like if it was a vintage car, you'd have to find vintage parts. Right. There weren't repro parts for everything. Mm-hmm. Or you'd have to try to make some new part work. Mm-hmm. You know, that happened to us a lot. Where like, you know, like you'd have this vintage guitar, but there was no repro part yet. Right. For that, so they would put on like the six saddle bridge, right? Yeah, because your bridge, you know, like it doesn't look the same. Like, well, this is what we have, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or you go to stuff like Chelsea, you try to find an old mm-hmm. bridge, but they're expensive, 
Yeah, so it's, people take it for granted now. You could just go on the computer and find anything. I know. A repro part for anything. Crazy. It's amazing the things we go searching for. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. there it is. One Google search, there it is. Mm-hmm. You know, like, no problem. But that was the biggest, that was the hardest thing about it. Most of it was improvised. Yeah, well, you have to fix that part. Right, exactly. You know, or fabricate it from something yeah. else or just make it work. Like machine heads. There was not no many machine heads. No, there. they were like Godo. Godo was, Godo was good. Rover was was going downhill, right. probably because it was made in China or something. I don't something know. happened. Yeah. Something happened. Yeah, because they were great. Then they in the fifties, it was great. Then there were Spurzels. The Spurzels, um, Spurzels were good for our time. Right. Yeah, you yeah, still find them on like I'll find them on some yeah. vintage guitar. Be like, oh wow, I remember Spurs. I remember buying a set of those fucking Telecaster. I was like building or something. Yeah, like, <laughs> so into like Spurs. They're German. They did they're super work. awesome. They're, yeah, they were good. They, but, yeah, but it wasn't as easy as it was now. Like you go to the guitar shop, bring a guitar there, and they didn't have the parts for it. Mm. So, like you know, wasn't even like the decal for the headstock. You know, like yeah. we used to have to call Fender. I, I used to get electro set. The early pencil serves was all electro set. Oh, that's how you did that. Song. Yeah, the A B C whatever. Right. Oh, okay, P. Okay, E. <laughs> oh Jesus. And, and yeah, yeah, that's probably really handmade guitars. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. You know, like people just take it for granted now, like the eighties, mm. especially like the yeah. free internet. <laughs> how'd you get? You know, how'd you get some other out of catalog? <laughs> or you vintage guitar magazine, you start to see things, mm-hmm. and you call up a guy. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, hey, you know, can you send me this? You know, like it was not easy. It wasn't. It's about amplifiers. We even work. Yeah, you can exactly. get parts for amplifiers. Oh, no why making tubes? In years. <laughs> you had to find old tubes. You know, mm-hmm. like there was one company making certain tubes, they were no good, or no one made the repro for that tube. You have to modify the amp. You either had groove tubes, or that's it. Right, once the tubes time. were a problem, they weren't really good, mm-hmm. and then they were like, like yeah, they went downhill by the nineties or right. something. It was like super primitive. Yeah. So, so you worked at Rudy's until two thousand, and then mm-hmm. you did what? Uh, I went back to Japan. Oh, that's right. Cover's talking about that. Right. And uh, I worked for this uh, company called uh, Atreazi. They were already pretty famous. And even at the time, my brother was endorsing them. Uh, bass. Right. You know. But I came there to help them <laughs> make guitars. <laughs> so, I mean, in eight years, I made like 300 strats. Oh, shit. Yeah. They're busy. Yeah. All Brazilian was with, it was nice. Did they come to the States or they stayed mostly over there? No, it's mostly over there oh, because people, and people bought like three of them and they wouldn't let go because they knew I wasn't going to be making all that. Right. And it was Brisbane Rosewood. And the first couple hundred, we were selling for like 2400 Wow, back then. Yeah, back then. Big money. Yeah. Then we raised the price up to like 3500 Whoa. But still, you know, it was hotcakes. Right. People wanted them. Well, the market there was always different. Mm-hmm. The market in Japan was always different because we were always trying to figure out what was going on Yeah, they on were there. like 10 or 20 years behind. Sort or, of. But sometimes ahead. Ahead, yeah, yeah, sometimes. You know, like, yeah. yeah, it was always weird. So you have friends who toured Japan and they would tell mm-hmm. me about the things they saw there. But we'd have a lot of Japanese dealers who would come up because mm-hmm. a lot of Japanese vintage guitar mm-hmm. dealers and they knew their shit and they were really cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they would come back out of Chelsea and like, mm-hmm. you know, but what they started doing is sending young guys over because the older guys didn't want to come because mm-hmm. they want to make the trip. But the young guys were our age. Mm. So we go party with them, right? You know, they was they came here to buy guitars, but they were up for partying. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're cool. They're all into Peter Green, and they're super blues freaks. You know, like and all they want to do is buy vintage guitars and listen to blues. <laughs> you know, like, hang out and drink. You know, like great dudes. You know, so we used to just hang out with them in Chelsea, but they were so knowledgeable. Yeah, because 
everything is on paper in Japan. Right. Or the guitar magazine have all these little bit of things that right. so a lot of people know by reading, but they don't know by looking at it. Right. You know, so yeah, there was a lot of that. These guys. That's why they reading. sent the young guys to uh, study to, about to learn it. Right. Learn. These guys were knowledgeable. They were cool. Yeah. But there was, you know, because the Japanese market was always like hot. Like, mm-hmm. like when in the late when I first started at Chelsea, it was the early nineties. Is when like the Japanese economy was popping, and they were buying six. Because in the nineties, it was they had so much money. It's when they bought Rockefeller Center, right around mm-hmm. that period. Exactly. Like, they would come and just come, they would just walk in, and they didn't really speak English, so all they knew how to say was 6120. <laughs> <laughs> they were just buying 6120s, five grand, five grand, five grand. At all that time, all these Japanese kids coming and buying ESPs. Right. This is before 48 Custom. Right. They would want the George Lynch model. Right. With, with <laughs> the, the, the samurai thing on right. the, you know. But they didn't have in Japan? They're only no, here? in Japan at the time was three thousand uh, dollars. Over here, it was like twelve hundred or something. Yeah. So they come to the states to buy the yeah. cars and bring back to Japan. <laughs> exactly. That's what they would do because it was a lot cheaper here. Wow, that's yeah. bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, it was a strange thing, and then strange thing. The economy there cramped, mm-hmm. but it was so like there was that period where the Japanese were buying everything. They mm-hmm. bought Rockefeller Center about that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's when they like they they were like our biggest by far our biggest customers in Chelsea. Yeah, they would just roll in, buy tons of shit, bring it back to Japan, they go to the guitar shows, buy everything. You know, whatever country was popping at the time, then it was like Germany after that. You know, you have these German cats coming in, buying everything. Because whoever, whatever economy loves American culture. Right. Especially, yeah. you know, old Cadillacs, Levi's, mm-hmm. you know, like all that shit. You know, whatever country has the money is buying that. Mm-hmm. You know, then it was like the Icelandic countries for a long time. We had customers coming in from Norway, Iceland. Wow. You know, guys playing in these big bands we never heard of, but they're touring the world. Know their shit, you know, buying vintage guitars because like great, you know, like, you know, whoever's got the money, we're seeing them, you know, like you know, but it goes around, you know. Now it's kind of now because of the internet too. Someone in Iceland could just buy a guitar on the internet, and you'll ship it to them, you know. But back then, you had to come to the states to buy that shit. That would be like one dealer in that whole country, mm-hmm. and a guitar here that was twenty thousand dollars would be four hundred thousand dollars at that guy's shop, you know. So like, no one's gonna buy it. It's cheaper to come to the right. states, have a vacation, mm-hmm. especially if you can get the stuff back. You could take two or three back. You could make a fortune. Yeah, exactly. In whatever country that mm-hmm. was, you know. So like mm-hmm. that was really the thing. Like you couldn't do it with ten or twenty guitars, but you could bring two. Mm-hmm. You could just say, oh, "I came to play with my friends." Exactly. <laughs> you know. So we'd sell. They'd be like, "What can I like buy a fifties Black Beauty and bring it back and make a fortune?" <laughs> they would just do it. <laughs> There's so many bursts in Japan. Yeah, more than really were yeah, paid. <laughs> I see like twenty and fifty nines. They lined up. I'm like, oh right. My That's God. where everybody was passing fucked up birds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Probably some of them maybe fake. They're all fake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> on that issue, but so so if you were in Japan from 2000 to 2008, then when you hooked up with Cobra, must have been. Why'd you come back to the states? Because I hated Japan. Oh. <laughs> it wasn't I, fun. Mm, because from Rudy's to Japan. I'm going downhill. Right, it's boring. Yeah. Like, what am I doing? This bullshit work. Right. Well, well, I'm not were, supposed to yeah, be. Yeah, you were in the big this. leagues. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I want to do my own stuff. Right. Why am I helping all these people? So is yeah. that? And then, how long after you went back did you hook up Cobra? Was I had to bring right about that? Oh, um, maybe two years. Right. Three years. I, I came remember back that in whole 2008. Because I worked with Cobra mm-hmm. at 30th Street after mm-hmm. Chelsea. Right. And then when he left, didn't Mojo tell? 
Yeah. Have something to do with hooking you up, Cobra? Yeah, exactly. He said Cobra has some extra bench space. Well, at his first, place. I was working at um, First Flight. That's right. Because right, because Mojo. Uh, I remember Mojo saying, "You know, my I used to live right there. Is at First Flight, right? Yeah, because I used to live on 12th Street Avenue A. Right. So I used to go see him all That's the time. Right. Yeah, I remember Mojo telling me it was like, oh, you know, uh, you know, so, Masino's working at First Flight. I was like, why is he at First Flight? Was he at Rudy's? He's like, oh, he lives right there or something. Like, I was like, oh, okay. And then, right. So I then, don't want to go back to Ruiz and do the same bullshit right. again. So. Yeah, I remember him telling that. I was like, well, that's odd. You know, that, that was a cool little shot, but, you know, like, it wasn't mm-hmm. Ruiz, you know, like. Mm-hmm. But I remember, because then I remember when Cobra opened his thing. Yeah. You with. I worked on the weekends only, right? Right. And the rest of it I used to do at home on uh, 126th Street <laughs> and, and uh, Lennox and Fifth. So, you know, it was hard for people to get there. So on weekends I used to go. Do, do yeah, no Saturday and Sunday. Then I see uh, Mojo. I'm, I'm like, holy shit! He said, Mojo's like, Let, let's talk outside. Like, <laughs> For all of you at home who don't know, yeah. Chris, Mo- so, so, Chris Mojo so, is Chris Koshu on Mojo guitars. I, 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 I get all these, you know, uh, the, these guys need some, you know, um, help, which was a guitar man, right? Guitar man, the guy, guy from uh, Manny's, you know, but. The and man, Manny's guy and some rich guy. He had months, but eventually he could, tried to commit suicide, Ooh. and because he he ran out of his money, money or something. <laughs> but he, he he couldn't he could die. So <laughs> so shop was kind of fucked up in the moment. Everyone left. Right. It was just me and Mojo trying to pay the you know rent. It, it it got to be hard. <laughs> yeah, I remember that whole period. Because I was yeah. hanging out with Mojo like every day. Then, <laughs> I said, I, I met, you know, um, Cobra. And first, Mojo was like, you got to meet this kid, Cobra, you know. And uh, you might want you might, you should maybe teach him and stuff. Because he's a good guy. And I'm like, okay. Then I got to know him. I started going to the third street. You yeah, know, that was a spot. And uh, that was the spot. I remember the first cover guitar was yeah. awesome. <laughs> I remember first time Jeff, I think, was barbecuing over there. Inside the place. Yeah. And then I found out we're gonna lose that shop. Right. On 7th Street. So I called Cobra and said, Hey, I need a place to go. You yeah, remember him calling me saying how like, hey, you know, Moss is gonna like work here, you know, and help mm-hmm. us out with stuff. I was yeah. like, that's awesome. Like, yeah. like that's cool. Because it was just Eli at that point right. and Cobra. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, because that was, a, I left 30th Street before Cobra did, and then he left, mm-hmm. right. him and Eli opened that spot. Mm-hmm. Right. That was a cool space. That was. <laughs> Cobra was shooting Nitro on the curb. <laughs> <laughs> the whole curb, like, in front of the place was, like, yellow. Yeah, I know, I remember. <laughs> I was like, what do you do? It's like, oh, the middle of the night, there's no one around, I just shoot. It's not on the sidewalk. But that was a great little spot. Yeah, that was a great little spot. And then you went with every other spot until Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and this one's in Sunset Park, Brooklyn, for all you folks. And, um, so this is, you know, like the culmination of all that. You guys had three or four spots in the middle, right? Yeah, exactly. With Robert James. Robert James. James two uh, two different places. Right? <laughs> yeah, it was great. <laughs> we were yeah, you guys basement. were fairly mobile. Yeah. <laughs> we were on the third floor. Like how long first. have you been here now? A long time. Uh, like two years, right? Um, no, uh, two, 2015. Oh, shit. Four years. Yeah, four years. 
you think it's longer, but it's right, this not. place is amazing. I yeah. love this place. It, it grew. First, it was just this. Oh, right, sorry, you guys you know? just had this. Yeah, exactly. And we had the hair cutter in the middle. Oh, and right. the I photo studio. The, right, the like that was the first time I came out. Yeah. yeah. Then this whole lease left, so we were gonna lose this place actually. Oh wow. Yeah, but um, Eric came up with some months. Uh, I sold some base for the shop. Uh, so all the money went to the shop, and then he said, "Okay, we're gonna take the whole spot." Right. Yeah. Now this whole thing has worked out really well. Yeah. You know. So and then we're doing a guitar show. Exactly. <laughs> Which is gonna be awesome. It's only like five weeks from today. Yes. <laughs> That's gonna be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> By the time this airs, it'll be like four weeks from today. Like, but so exactly. we're doing a guitar show. So all of you people out there, come to the guitar show. The guitar show. Um, we are in Sunset Park, Brooklyn. Um. And I guess that's pretty much our podcast. Yeah. So thank you so much for Miles for sitting there thank and talking. You. I really enjoyed it. And we'll do another one, of course, because yes. you're always around. You know, like, yeah. so I'm always here. We'll do a yeah. more jokey one. Yeah. Well, we'll do some weird shit after this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But thank you. Thank you. Great talking to you. Mm-hmm. And thank you all for tuning in. And we will see you on the next podcast. Hello. My name is Marcino. This is Doug from Mountain Cat Guitars. James Carbonetti. We're having a Brooklyn guitar show and we are at the guitar shop nyc in sunset park brooklyn and we are putting on the brooklyn guitar showcase and mixer here on may 11th we are really excited we have some amazing vendors and we've been talking and planning this guitar show now for a while and it's going to be awesome come hang out with us uh it's going to be may 11th uh from noon to 8 p.m and probably later all day and <laughs> probably have some later it's uh, the Brooklyn Guitar Showcase and Mixer in Sunset Park, Brooklyn, and we are really excited to come to our guitar show. Yeah. So they come party with us. <laughs> awesome. Yeah.